Welcome to Old School. It's so cool to have you guys with us. We know right away you're not a sports fan if you're watching this live. <laughs> right. You're the guys watching figure skating on Sunday <laughs> during football season. That's we up. got the OGs though. Check it out. You've got JR, Michael Shore, Mark Thompson here. Very excited for an old school episode live that will bring together. We're actually just reminiscing <clears throat> about TYT and our uh, Favorite places to do old school, mm -hmm. like uh, you know, the, like these studios have been around for a while. Um, then during the pandemic, we were doing remote, uh, but prior to that, and these studios, there were other studios where at we current, had current, uh, of course, the old 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 one, the old Wilshire. Old, 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 there's the old old one, and then the old 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 one. Exactly. Yeah. What's the old 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 one? There was there was a building on Wilshire Boulevard <laughs> and by the McDonald's. Or well, just older this, than is, that. this is older than that. There was another building on Wilshire Boulevard okay. before the building on Wilshire Boulevard. Right. Mm -hmm. And old, old school is the, I, I've been here since the second day. So for me, I was here, uh, that was in Jenks' living room at his apartment in West Hollywood. So That's what that, that was different than. All right, you win, Michael. <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to win. I'm saying we didn't do old school. Then, I know you're though. not so trying to, I was, you do. No, no, yeah. I was asking, you know, Mark. You're, when did you start here? It like was? A week ago. <laughs> I was at the old, old building, the old old building, but not the old old. That's old all I'm trying to figure right. out with, yeah, with Jr. I, I old, said, old. where did where were yeah. we? I never. We did, old, I was old, never old. at the. Apartment. You were there before me, of course. It was you. Um, it was um, uh, Kohler. Right. This guy named Ben. Ben. Jill Pike. Was Jill she? Pike was yeah. still there. Jesus Jank. And I think that was it. Jesus. No, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was in the was in the apartment as well. Yeah. Uh, the thing is about to transition. Oh, this is my first time in studio doing old school with a full panel. That's every other time I've done it, it's been remote. I've either been at home or I've been over another studio while folks were in different places every time. This is the first time in studio since pandemic. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, honestly. I've gotten more comfortable in the little box. I like no, it. Then I have in person. It's so much better. When we did the box, I was like, this is the most uncomfortable thing. I'm never going to be able to figure this out. This isn't, they're not going to have any real banter. We can't speak to each other. And now it's flipped so much. I got to be honest, I'm more comfortable doing that. No, I like it here so much. <laughs> I'm going to like it more, but yeah. I haven't done it in so long. Are you doing uh, your show from here yet? Yeah. You are. I've been doing it for good. a minute, since we, actually since we started it. All right. Last good. January. All right, good. Yeah. It's good yeah, stuff. So every, I think all the shows are going from here now, right? All the different. Uh, well, some like well, we've got Dr. Richie's in Atlanta, I believe. Oh, that, well, that, that's yeah. different. I mean, that's yeah, whenever they're actually not in town, but yeah. everyone else that's here generally, who else? We missing? Maybe Edwin knows, but yeah, there's always folks. If yeah. it's if they're moving around, they're moving around. But you can always, everyone has a different setup. They could potentially be somewhere else. Yeah. And I remember we wanted to have something like folks uh, on maybe an interview, and it was just audio, or we're like, oh, we can't really get them because we don't have a news van or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, we still don't have a news van, but we're able to do it now. So yeah, like, now it's. Uh, now you see network newscasts bringing in people via Zoom, via Skype, whatever. We're bringing, and a van. I mean, I know a cameraman who outfitted a van with a camera, and he works for the networks, and he drives to people's homes and offices, and they come down, they just get into the back of the van, and he... He gives them candy. But then there's another friend That's a totally different friend. <laughs> right. uh, but, but he, uh, and, and he has a live view that just sends the, the, the signal back to whatever network he's working. That's like the Uber of uh, you know, live remotes. You know what I mean? It is the Uber of live remotes. In, in, in a way. I was lamenting the other day because I did the, um, the show on Friday here. Mm. And that there's not 
a lot of people here when you come here. It used to be like a vibrant newsroom mm -hmm. and sharing ideas and, and sort of in a bigger picture way, I was thinking, <clears throat> not just for here, because I said to Jank, I was like, you gotta bring people back in. It just like that's you know, people probably who are work here are thinking, no, 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 I want to stay. Yeah, home. I was kind of thinking. So right I'm not doing any favors, but but like but the sure. truth <laughs> is, yeah, sorry everybody. <laughs> but the truth is, it, there is an energy about a place, and I think it's good for people too. Like I think that leaving your house. That's why I think offices are going to come back because leaving your house and you interacting do. people, yeah, oh. I think there's a, a mental. First of all, they are coming back. It's oh. just that they're coming back slowly. People are going in, you know, part time. They're going in, and I think people, the polling I've seen, the the, the reaction stuff has been that people are liking going back into the office. Maybe not five days a week. Maybe not punching a clock at nine in the morning, but but there's something about our own social makeup we're spending we spend so much time like this that when you're in an office and you're interacting with people it has to be better for us right yeah, yeah. i agree with you but i don't i think i'm in the minority here so you're the only person i've heard say that cuz i had a it wasn't an argument but it was a complete disagreement with uh it was actually here at the desk we've been back in studio i think it was with Anna and someone else it was going to be a bonus episode and i was like yo I would rather, you see, that's my chair usually. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. It's a badass chair, huh? <laughs> that's where I have been until I come, by which is right, right on the other side of this wall. But I was having this full on disagreement with her about, like, I said, well, who doesn't want to come back and be around the energy of other people yeah. and take in other energies? And you actually have something, as you mentioned, uh, maybe ideas bouncing back off each other, camaraderie, little. You, you, I made friends here that I had, wouldn't have right. made. Also, if you if had a here. bad day at home, right? If you had a. Good day at home. It was like getting out and just sort of leaving that space mm -hmm. is good. It's healthy. It's getting in your car, having that your commute, whatever it is, taking a walk if you walk close to where you Folks live. Folks don't agree it's with you, Michael. People, people yeah. don't have to agree uh, with me. Guys, I, don't care. I, agree I know with what you're thinking because you're right. These guys are completely full of it. <laughs> it's so much better to work from home, the convenience of working from home. I love the idea somehow that you can romanticize the commute. It's the worst thing ever. I, I, do, I totally disagree. Like, I love. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I have a job that I commute to or have for a while, but but they're throwing on Howard Stern, throwing on sports radio, throw, like getting on the phone and talking to people back east as I'm leaving early in the morning. They've been up for three hours. I don't mind that at all. I mean, Michael, I hate traffic. If I, it's a break from your normal routine, you don't mind it. But if you're doing it day in and day out, trust me, Mark, it's I, I, I totally, I'm not, I'm not asympathetic to that. I'm saying though that that people. I think it is healthy for our psychological, for our mental makeup. No question, you're right. To be around people in interaction, of course. and leaving our front door in the morning. You're right. I mean, it's, I'm not suggesting it's yeah. it's not healthier. You're right. We're yeah. social creatures, and uh, look at what's happened with kids, and you know mm -hmm. the fact that they were essentially warehoused and you know at home uh, for the uh, a big chunk of the pandemic. Yeah. It definitely had a, <laughs> a negative effect. So of course you're right, and a depressing effect. I mean, I have a, a son who is a teenager, and. He was down. I mean, he was. Yeah. It, it, it took a toll not just on him, but on all of his friends. You know, they mm -hmm. they couldn't interact. And at that age, obviously, it's it's different because you, all you want to do is interact. But but I do think there's a balance. I think I, I yeah, of course uh, there's yeah. a balance. All, all I would say is there can be a withering aspect to being at the office all the time. There can be a sure uh, withering aspect to fighting the commute every day. I, I I'll grant you if it's not your regular. 
routine and if it maybe in a three day a week type balance or whatever it breaks up the monotony of being at home or it breaks up the uh, other kinds of monotony but the monotony of the office and the monotony of the commute and the frustrations associated with both can really you know, we should have a four office. day i think the cure to this is not not going to the office is that a four-day work week is important that late mm -hmm. starts in schools shorter school weeks maybe even and i don't know because i haven't studied that but i and there there has to be allowance for parents to go to work, which mm -hmm. is why schools start when they do. Right. But but I think that, that productivity, and I don't know this for a fact, this is Michael guessing. I think productivity is probably down because of this and will trend downward because of working at home. I don't know that, but I, that's what it feels like. And people that I've heard some of it, I haven't studied it specifically, but they said that <clears throat> as far as the productivity side goes, it depends on the industry first. But then also that uh, many folks say, if I have my own schedule, yeah, maybe in the first several hours in the morning, there's not as much done. But throughout the day, I'm better from noon to three, you know? So they yeah. hit those three hours and they get more done then than other sections. That's different for every person, every well, industry. Well, that's every one of the things that was written at, about at length during the, you know, the heart of COVID, the fact that. There's a lot of time chewed up in that commute you're talking about, and there's a lot of time chewed up in breaks. But, but, and but the commute, you're, you're talking about the commute a lot. I mean, the commute well, you can mentioned be the productive. Commute, no, I know, but, but the, the, the commute is, there, you can be productive in the commute. Like, you can also not just listen to Howard Stern, you can talk to colleagues and people. You're talking and about get Howard stuff Stern done a because lot, I, I, I do like listening <laughs> to Howard Stern in the morning, but, uh, but, but regardless, I've I got that. Yeah. Um, right. I, 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 I take what you're saying. It's not, it's not necessarily just downtime and it, and it, and it can be enjoyable time. You can, can catch up on things, but what, what it could also be a grind. Yeah. And what, what, and what I was reading about was that at least when you're at home, you're right into the action. Mm -hmm. And if you give uh, employees and uh, people at the office, Goals, realizable goals, they are more likely to realize those goals and hit those goals more efficiently in a home environment. I mean, I, I, again, is that true? I think it depends on industry, mm -hmm. as you say, it depends on the business. But um, I, I. It also breaks down community. It breaks down small business owners who rely on business and people going to work. Oh, uh, no question. It breaks about it. down it's interaction and community and neighborhoods and knowing the guy at the coffee place or the sandwich place or whatever it is or you know the woman who does your nails when you, I mean whatever it is like it breaks down who is the that. woman who does your nails Michael uh, her name so is, you don't even her know name her. is Stan <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but 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 yeah so I do believe that it it is a better thing do you to guys go still into. go to pick up uh, not that maybe you don't do this stuff, but like pick up your pizzas from the local pizza spot or go to the grocery store because my wife does not touch the grocery store ever since. Like, I did, it's yeah. all delivery. I go to the grocery and store. And I'm like, I can't, I gotta go. I and hate do it. delivery food. I haven't had a delivery meal in years, and except the, for a pizza. A yeah, pizza and to give the full disclaimer, because every time I've said this, it ends up being, uh, I completely understand the usefulness and the absolute like necessity yeah. of delivery some from folks who you know maybe have disability or they can't move as much or they don't have a, a transportation all that stuff right. so i understand those aspects of it but if you can which most times i can and i know i'm privileged to do that then i just prefer it man i just i have to go and and, and make it, it happen yeah, get, there. or make make the food or get get it yeah totally and i i was a deli i delivered 
I was a food delivery person at oh, one yeah. time in my life, and I still like I I never at that time got delivery food. Maybe because I knew. But what could you do the, when you're driving the car while you're delivering? Listen to the doctor. <laughs> to Howard Stern. No, no, no. Howard was only on in the morning, and oh, it wasn't serious. So I, I listened okay. to Vince Scully and Ross Porter. So okay, it was cool. different. I mean, I would bet on the game. <laughs> I'd listen to the doctor. <laughs> You'd bet your tip money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. When you were a delivery person. Yeah. Who were the biggest tippers? The ones who had big tabs or the ones who had small tabs on a percentage basis? It was hard. I, so I delivered mm. food in Man. a pretty high rent district uh, of, of California. I delivered for a restaurant that was in Beverly Hills. It was a time when it wasn't, you know, um, Uber Eats and DoorDash and all that. Like, you You're were working you for, were the, for restaurant. the restaurant. And so um, I, I would say the biggest tippers were, and I have no reason to, it was divided by gender. Men were better tippers than women, oh, really? which is for whatever reason we used to talk about it and wonder mm -hmm. about it, and and uh, that was one thing that we. But the, again, this we're talking about the, the ago, 1860s. Yeah. The, the yeah, right, the yeah, data, right. I mean, the, the Civil changed. War had just ended, and people, you know, um, but women. But, uh, to be fair, they were distracted by trying to get the, the right to vote. Um, <laughs> exactly. But you, you know, there's a there's a there's a bit to that because I man, I had this I had this small awakenings to reality and history, uh, in the way that even like say like gender roles. Were, were discussed or marriages were discussed. I still, my again, wife and kid hate me for this. I'll flip on old school like TV and catch Three's Company. Old school? You watch old school? Yeah. yeah <laughs> every, no, well, nostalgia, nostalgia yeah. always. So, right. like Three's yeah. Company, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Ropers, I think, was the first couple, right? Yeah. And there was a sec, there was a, a, a part of one episode where um, Stanley. And and I forget my, my manicurist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stanley was talking about the money coming in. He's all like, you know, he's really penny pinching and all this stuff. And then his wife goes, "But well, I want my allowance, Stanley." I said, "Allowance, allowance." She's like 70 years old, portrayed in the show. Of course, she yeah. was much younger than that in real life. I was like, allowance? That was like normal? That's like, I remember when I was 10 years old, well, I was I mean, like, that's mom, what, allowance? You know, oh, right. That that's, was a traditional thing. That was a traditional thing. Like, like the, the man would go to work and, and uh, she would look after the house and get... You know, get money that to spend on that. That tripped me out. So maybe there's wild, some right? some yeah. remnants of that. Like you said, it wasn't 1860s, but it was like you know, not too. No, much. I don't. I, it was unscientific, and and but Mark asked the question. We would talk about it. You know, we we, we yeah. would definitely talk yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, because I, um, a friend of mine, is an Uber Eats uh, delivery person, and I think he does DoorDash and Uber Eats. Um, a lot of these various delivery people do uh, both. And you may be one of these people who can let us know uh, on Twitter or you'll let us know uh, in the chat. Right. But, this is uh, Josh Mankowitz? Uh, this is not Josh. Okay. Josh has never, uh, I think, been involved in a delivery business. Except delivering uh, hard news yeah, and- yeah. Um, And soft news. Murder yarns. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he told me that if it's, and he asked, you have to, I guess, say yes to all of these different delivery requests, otherwise they start Nixing you from oh really yes oh. you can't just say oh no I just want the hundred and fifty dollar order I can't right. take the Taco Bell order so the Taco <laughs> Bell McDonald's he said when you get the fast food orders forget it they're the, you you may get no tip at all really yeah. yeah well because there are people that are not spending a lot of money yeah but and I mean, then we had we, our our restaurant had a three dollar delivery charge and the three dollar delivery charge went right to me right oh that's cool but it's not cool because it cuts into the tip. Because people would ask who the $3 delivery charge goes to. So all the drivers would be like, what do you say when they ask the $3? Delivery? 
And the answer was always, well, you know, it goes to the restaurant, they give it out, right? You never say it goes to me because you're not going to get a tip or it's going to cut in. So, well, here's another dollar for you, son. It's not It's not like that. So that was a big part of it, too, was this delivery charge. People would complain about the delivery charge and that cut into your tips. Talk about times changing because, again, if you look at any of the breakdown of these delivery fees, yeah, processing fee, administrative fee, delivery fee, none of those fees go to the driver. At all, right. at least from like say like the Domino's and the pizza. Is that right? They yeah. go to the restaurant and to the and in it'll say after your delivery is completed. Do you want to leave an additional tip? 100% of the tip goes to the driver. Yeah. Thinking, what the hell? I mean, I'd love to tip already. Yeah. I put on there, you know, 20% well, I don't get already. delivery. 100%. And I don't know what these extra fees are. I feel like this is a conversation, obviously, we've had before on this show. But these fees, get add, they add more and more and more of them. And that's another reason why. I'm like, listen, I, I, I can't myself, if I can get up and go to the store, can't spend another 15 bucks on whether or not I should go to the store when I can go to the store and avoid these exorbitant fees. If the fees are going to the driver, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, but right. I don't know where else they're going. No, you're right. It's incentivized. I'll going tell to the you where store. they're going. You know, it's three dollars or something. Something goes to the you know the guys we get. You know, we <laughs> here you go. Here you go. Son. Yeah, that's where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I neglected to mention this is where you do not need a tip. By the way, um, shout out to Shop Tyt. That's where I got this Tyt hat, and uh, you can get all kinds of merch. I so don't believe you got it there. I. I'll tell you honestly, I don't think I got this one there. Yeah, but I yeah have, this is the new one. Yeah. I have gotten other ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I was uh, right. what's that? But I was right. You you were right. Yeah. You're right. Actually, for, and by the way, notable first time in this entire conversation, you've been right about something. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, you probably uh, got it because you came into work one day. It's tyt. Uh, you can find it at <laughs> shoptyt.com. The whole merch site is alive with all kinds of cool progressive merch. So check it out, shoptyt.com. Let's go ahead and uh, peel back the curtain. How about we do that? There's an NCAA basketball game on right now. It's at halftime, so we're a little bit more um, focused. But the thing is that I wanted to discuss, based off of that, we understand the the, uh, high level of competition that went on in the men's tournament. Um, And I'm very curious of y'all's points of view. Even if you didn't see the tournament from the women's side, I was into the women's tournament a lot more this year. Um, Why did that happen though? Because I think everybody was. It's weird. Did they right? market it more? Or did they like? I think I, they I think changed. Was. Number one thing that I think I think because like I said, I'm I don't even watch the men's tournament most years. Um, in the women's tournament, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one that they leave aside. Either they do it before or after the men's. They did it at the same time. Mm. This year, which I think was a big difference. Yeah. I'm not sure if they did it last year that way. I that's true. It. You're right. That, that's interesting. so you yeah. see men's games. Say Wednesday, Thursday. Or then you see it earlier in the day on Wednesday and Thursday, or Thursday, Friday, the women's, then you see two women's games, then two men's games. So I was like, oh, this is so much better because everyone's attentions were already there. Right, your appetite for the is wet for basketball. And it doesn't exclude or shift and change one uh, women's versus the men's and all that stuff. So I think it allowed that. But also, man, yo, these women and these collegiate players, they're balling. Like the stuff that people yeah. would complain about, like say when WNBA first started, I remember I was in high school and people were like, oh, WNBA, whatever, they move so much slower, they can't jump, there's no dunking, there's all this stuff. That stuff is changing, bro. And it changes with every other sport. Like you'll see how much better college football is. If you look at college football from 1978 versus 2022, yeah, bro, you know, and that's just different. And it, it evolves, more interest is there. Since they did do things like the WNBA, then there's girls that grow up going, I want to be there. I can actually do this because I love the sport. And those kids grow up and ball from five years old the way a lot of boys do. And the competition has changed. The amount of uh, the, the, the uh, 
the energy and emotion that goes behind it is the same. And I loved it. And I have a texting thread with some buddies from college who are degenerate gamblers. And they talk extensively about every aspect of every game that they normally wouldn't talk about. And I was into the women's game. It was game. cute the way Mark started paying attention when you said degenerate gambler. <laughs> Look, it's like he was zoned out, and then I was like, oh, hello. Wait a minute. Was I just paged? <laughs> who are these people? Exactly? Yeah, no, they, they, they love it. It's constant. Are they winners or just degenerates? <laughs> no, 80% losers. <laughs> of course, because they're gamblers. Because they're gamblers. Yeah. That's the way it works. But no, so, so that, that championship game that just happened what, yesterday, Yeah. LSU and Iowa, Everybody's talking now about the whole. Well, this thing, yeah. I learned what this means uh, during yeah, this because yeah. I did. Did you know what this meant? No, I didn't until the. Do you know what? Do you know what it means now? It means that you you can't see me. You can't see me, it's like, and it comes from wrestling, like WWE. Yes, who wins? John Cena. It's John Cena. Look at this guy. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, come on, Michael. I'm not familiar with his work. You're so busy. I, guess, with I don't that leave time. the house. I don't have a job. To <laughs> um, guess who went to WrestleMania on uh, Sunday? Oh, John did Adarola go? did. Did you go? John too? went on Saturday, and oh, I went on Sunday. That's and did you cool. see George Kittle of the 49ers? Yeah, yeah, I saw him actually right in front yeah, of us. We were at the uh, desk, and he went. To, we were, he was like, as far were as you working we are, or were you? I was just there with my kid because he's okay. suddenly. When did WrestleMania? You were talking about the women's mm -hmm. game basketball. But oh when yeah. Did, when did WrestleMania become? I mean, it's been massively big for a while, though. But there was a time when yeah. professional wrestling was really like a Saturday morning thing totally. that you'd see, and it was sort of and an underground was, deal. The biggest debate was: is this real or is this not real? That was in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's like with but the then, was, like, it was then the debate. The era of Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Macho when I Man. was a kid, <laughs> I would watch it, and there would be one of the guys would have like a. It, at least he it would he'd represent it as some uh, object, sharp object that he'd yeah. use on the other guy. And when he'd go like that to the guy's uh, head, the guy, other guy would go like that, and you'd see this object. And then you're going, wow, how can he get that object into there? I mean, it's so yeah. crazy that the ref doesn't see it. And then when the ref would come around, he'd quickly put the object, like put it into his trunks. Yeah. And I thought, how can the ref not see it? It's so obvious yeah. what's happening here. And the refs miss a lot. They the refs miss, really, every week so the ref yeah. wouldn't see it. It right. makes you appreciate right. basketball refs. Yeah. Yeah. It was like this, they wouldn't see it. Um, and I'll beat you to it, because you're about to talk about the Frozen Four now, right? I was, it was on the tip of my tongue. I, I understand, yeah. Absolutely. Minnesota, Quinnipiac. Michigan State. Michigan. Oh, I knew it was NBA. one of those two. It's NBA. always one of those two. We don't need to bore the people with that. It's going to be good. But no, so, so the, it's stretched from that. Look, uh, Pat Mahomes won the, the championship, like the World the, the World Series, the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. He's do, not necessarily doing the John Cena, but he's got the World Championship belt. Yeah. So WWE has crossed over into all these different aspects yeah, right. that then allows people who are maybe they're football fans or baseball fans or basketball fans. And their guys, again, you said Kittle was there. He was in a match, but he was there to beat someone up. Right. And um, um, uh, Pat McAfee, who I totally forgot used to be an NFL player, all that. So both those guys jumped on one guy and it crosses over. So if you're a Kittles fan, I was at SoFi yesterday and there's a of seven to ten guys with 49ers hats on going, let's go Niners. I said, where did this suddenly wow. cross over? Because yeah. Kittle's there and they knew he would be because he was a, he's a character there. But, it's so a, it's, but this is a really good point. These cultural merge. phenomenon uh, things just wash over each other. And, and now one sport... And as you say, then it comes. And now the women from the women are fighting. The, yeah, and now and then they're arguing, and then they're talking about which you know there is a double standard there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. if like 
Like, if you're showboating, if you're talking smack, if you're doing anything in men's sports, we love it, right? We can't wait to watch it or, you know, not all of us love it, but it's part of it and it gets people excited. When the women did it in this final game, it became about race, it became about class, it became about decency. And, you know, because it's been building all year, too, specifically around one of the players, um, Angel Reese, who has been getting called, you know, the thug and from the streets and all this because she, the whole season, if you didn't expect her to respond with the taunting that she responded with, you haven't been watching. Exactly. Like she's well, been I telling, been watching. She, yeah, she's been telling folks you're too small all this all year. Yeah. So it, you can almost like, expect uh, it, but then the anger comes around just your team winning or losing. But you know what? Think about this way. Um, it's oh God, here comes one more parallel to WWE. If you're one of the good guys, yeah. you can showboat all you want, and people like it. Look, um, um, uh, uh, um, Steph Curry. As of last year, started doing the night night. Oh, that's when right. When he's hitting deep threes. Right. Yo, if give me somebody, uh, Anthony Mason from back in the '90s, yeah. or anybody that pe- the people didn't like from the hardcore Knicks that was hard, or the Pistons, the bad boys that they sure. were doing this stuff. Yeah. Oh, hate that guy. But Steph is a baby face, not anymore. He's getting older, but he's the good guy. He's like the one who every time he hits a shot, he's like, "Thank you, Jesus." You know what I mean? So everybody yeah. likes this guy. So when he showboats, it's oh, that's. That's him getting some get back. But when it's someone who you already don't like for other reasons and they do it, suddenly it's a problem. No, that's actually a really good point. I had the heel versus the face. I think it's I think that's a WWE term. The mm. face. Is that what Because uh, it's the baby face. Oh, Why do I look face. so much shorter than you guys? There's some of think your seat's low, bro. Well, the seat's low, it's bro. Be. Yeah, you did. Sorry. You look I didn't mean to get distracted. I just caught that. Um, Mark Thompson is not this short, you guys. No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm towering over everybody when I come to the studio. Then I get here, <laughs> and it looks like I'm working out of a little hole or something. I want to ask, we have Mark, Mark Thompson here. Mark Thompson has a history uh, and uh, is a well-known and well-accomplished meteorologist. And I want to ask you, as we get out of the rains in California. Oh, my God. This yeah. is the worst old school ever. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Jesus it is I want to ask you Michael this. Short, a dragon. I, w- I want to explain. I want to uh, ask you this. I want to ask you this. Yeah, uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. You don't have one of those. Excuse me for a second, Michael. I'm getting to something good. Okay. Because I've been meaning to ask this. Yeah. You're off. You're good. And it's not a big question. But does this, why does this stuff happen in cycles? Why do they say it's a cycle? Why do they say, well, we're, it'll be like this again in X amount of time? What, First, what can we start the whole show again now with me at the same size as the other two guys? <laughs> Would that be too much to ask? I uh, don't think we do necessarily. Can I have a pillow, Ed? <laughs> I don't think we do necessarily talk in terms of cycles, uh, but I'd be willing to entertain that more or less. I think we talk about um, periods during which there are certain patterns of climate, if that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. So you'll hear, you know, this is the 100-year storm, meaning uh, over the course of 100 years, statistically, you're only going to see one storm like this. Uh, so. But that's sort of outlier. And maybe maybe the person who I heard talking about this was wrong and it doesn't happen. But, you know, they say, well, we we get rains like this and we'll get them in cycles. And then, you know, 10 years may go by and we don't get rain like this, but we might get it for three years. And and it's is that. Well, I mean, I I get that and it's not wrong, but I think it's uh, it brings a coherence or an attempted coherence to something that's almost by definition (laughs) incoherent. And that's nature. I do think that. You run and you fall into patterns. I mean, clearly there's seasonal patterns, right? We know that you know 
during the spring, you get certain kinds of, of weather. During the winter, you get certain kinds of weather. That kind of thing. So we know those patterns exist. We know that there's a certain basic climatology. But when you actually talk about, uh, well, we get a series of storms like this every winter. Yeah, we do. I don't know if I'd call that a storm cycle per se. That's just a winter seasonal cycle, maybe. Uh, again, I can try to bring yeah. some no, coherence and, to and, that. And but you're, you're, I mean, you're refuting what this person was saying, and I, I, that's why I'm asking about it because it seemed weird to me when I heard them talking about it. I mean, it, it may not be completely wrong, but I think it may be. Uh, it may be a, 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 a ascribing a little bit too much of a pattern right. to something that doesn't necessarily have a pattern, yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah. As anyway. the lefties keep telling me, um, our climate change issue is making that even more unpredictable. Other things like that may be extending more. I, you know, I'm not John Adarola, so I can't explain it to you. But when it comes to this, the, the, <laughs> the climate patterns and things like that, at least what I'm hearing is when we see things like that, the level of, of rain that we get or then precipitation in general, then that couple small tornadoes that happened in Southern California that people wouldn't necessarily see uh, or are excited by, or, you know, some excited by. Right. Um, maybe that's part of it, too. So maybe it gets even more unpredictable. Versus well, it's certainly true weather. that we're seeing more severe weather patterns and more severe outbreaks of uh, intense mm -hmm. weather. Everybody's talking the about the worst or the best or the most. Every yeah. hyperbole you can talk about with the weather. And I don't know if that's just because we have social well, media. Well, no, we have, uh, first of all, it's true yeah. that there are, things are... Uh, Worst, best, what, yeah. extreme, as I was saying. But the other thing is, and this is an old school thing, and I would talk about this on my show. Uh, you know, by the way, I should mention my show. I have a show on YouTube every day, the Mark Thompson Show. Michael Shore is a regular. JR is coming on, and uh, you can find it on YouTube. The Mark Thompson Show. Please subscribe. Check it out when you want. It's on from ten to noon. Um, live, but you can check it out anytime. And you can buy stuff. There's Mark stuff. Oh, I've got, I've got Mark a merch, merch store. Yeah, yeah. get markmerch.com. Yeah, but uh, do join us. It's it's fun. And one of the fun slash I think true things that we do <coughs> is point this out. We are in the period. Don't you think of? We've never seen anything like this. You always hear that about everything. everything we've right? never yeah. seen anything like this. And. We've never seen anything like the weather. We've never seen anything like this uh, run in uh, uh, college basketball dominance. We've never right. seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. We've never seen anything like this. We've never even seen somebody young. We've never seen somebody so old. And that bit of tagging almost everything in the culture with we've never seen anything like this does begin to be something that you'll start to notice. And it's frighteningly Trumpy. And, because, and, and and of course, yeah. the worst thing for exactly. it was Trump yeah. because he just He's literally never, never been anything. Look like at what may happen yeah. tomorrow, right? First right. time ever, you know. Right. First time ever. A former we really president. haven't seen anything. No, like and exactly, this. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it's not wrong. We right. haven't seen anything like it. But what, what's going to happen tomorrow? But. And then maybe people like again, maybe people like Donald Trump didn't even get, won't even get, wouldn't have gotten into office before if not for again. All this is opening up to what we've never seen or experienced before, partially because of how we're exposed to everything else. Social media has opened up our eyes and our world to so many things we never would have seen or experienced because, you know, people open TikTok and they're seeing someone from across the world doing something they never would have seen them doing until they open this up. So in 1990, there's no way you're not going to see what's happening over there. Right. And maybe the popularity and of someone And everybody like, was fine, yeah, by the way. Sure. As someone who was around in 1990, everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was somebody well, in Paraguay doing a dance and singing a song over a beer. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to know about it. Was it was about the time yeah. when someone was like, here's an extra dollar, son. <laughs> but there, about that year? And, and, and no, that was a little... <laughs> <laughs> you get a Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, since she's sort of, uh, you know, popped to the front of conversation <clears throat> of late. And she would probably just be screaming on a street corner were it not for social of course, media. Yeah. I mean, she's got a she media forum would, yeah. that was created by this culture, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
and it's and, the easy and, way and to alongside her the Boberts of the world, mm-hmm. et cetera. And if somebody really said something outrageous or did something outrageous in Congress like she does or Boebert or whoever, it would be on the news once, right? You'd see it. It's like Robert Dornan, congressman from Southern California. He was called B1 Bob, actually, this guy. And he would, he was like a rabble rouser. And they'd show him once in a while. And right. then Bob Dornan would go away. And and so the this whole idea that it endures because there's more and more and they get excited about it and they do it and they have social media teams. But Marjorie Taylor Greene did this interview on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl. And I watched some of it, I didn't watch all of it. But she was talking about how she, has, she doesn't know what tweets she sends out because they're social media yeah. teams. So everything's also been diluted because other people who might have the same ideas are controlling that. I don't even know if that yeah. was true. I mean, but I it, may, but it yeah. may not have been true. Yeah. But what I'm saying there's is that the that. fact that it could sure. be true right. is, and, and it is true in many cases, is, is, uh, is I don't know. I, I I don't. It is old school, so you can be old school about it. I I think that there, the the trade off is is not always great. Uh, this this whole social media. Well, trade-off. the other thing the media does, the mainstream media, is they report on social media. Right. I mean, you see that they literally you see in these stories, and they're all built around so and so tweeted this. Then there was a tweet like this. So and so certainly what the you know the the, the social media world wasn't happy with. Right. No, no, blank. Look at the tweet from you know. Right. Here's the State of the Union address. Right. Rather than go through the State of the Union address, and here's some of the reactions. Yeah, from Bob in New Jersey yeah, tweeted. Right, exactly. well, wait a minute. Right. All of a sudden we care about what <laughs> exactly. Bob in New Jersey. Now that's <laughs> true. Bob cares about it. And it's cool for Bob, but you know. Yeah. And then true. you'll see what happens the next day. So I think it was even today uh, when Marge then posted another thing about pedophilia and all this. It's a very honestly badly done video that's supposed to be accusing uh, President Biden of being a pedophile. With all these splice together clips and effects on the video and dark Weird voices. That, that would be a and, bad video. Yeah, it's just it's like it's not even done You're well for what it's supposed to do. It's like yeah. bad because of like its message, but also it's just. Crude. What they're trying to do was, yeah, yeah. it's, and, and, you know, it's edited fine and everything, but it's just, when I watched it, I said, oh, is, is anybody expecting to actually believe this? Or is this just like, it looked like an SNL sketch, which then, of course, continues to blur the line between uh, reality and comical things, right. because so when people actually do something as comedy, people get fooled by it, because it looks just like reality. Well, that's she, some of the undoing of Trump, too. It's like he, he made a mockery of and of what politics and 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 governance was about mm-hmm. and so that line is now blurred and all these people who are of his ilk and don't take this stuff seriously. I mean, there's a lot of lot to criticize about career politicians. Mm-hmm. We do it here every day and, and, and there's a ton to say about it. But they're in politics and there was always that and they're doing what politics is and then Trump came along and everybody now, you know, with what he did to, to media, with what he did to to truth and and I don't know how we get back, get it back. So Shirzy, I, you're the closest person I know to like that hardcore political assessments from people and on these politicians and all this stuff. So similar to how we started this whole conversation, is it possible to come back to the office because of the pandemic and because of the way people are now used to working from home and the technology involved? Is it possible to be a politician now and not rely on social media and not care about what Bob in New Jersey is saying and not then have to put together a video after you just had this I don't thing that's so. blew I don't up. Think you can't. So. I mean, you literally no, no, can't. You so can't. if you I say mean, you're a senator, everything sure. changed it. Everything, you know? I mean, television changed it mm-hmm. for a while. You know, people, you know, the old thing that people listened to the Kennedy-Nixon debate on the mm-hmm. radio and didn't see Nixon sweating. They thought that, totally. that Nixon won. 
every medium changes it and social media is that but but there there has to be a way to rein in like truth still mattered then a little bit and editing and facts and people say well i read it online i read it online i read it online you don't know who edited it you don't know who fact checked it you don't know mm -hmm. who sourced it you don't know who they talked to that's i don't see us going back to that all the time but there has to be some realization that that's you know, that has to be a benchmark at least. And uh, the technology just changes and that's it's, the way you gotta it, go with it. But there is a, uh, a quality of looking back and saying, you know, back in the old days, uh, there was, a, it was truthier and you know, more uh, and less biased. When the reality is, uh, there might have been an allegiance to facts in a way that there's not now. I mean, I will give you that, that an editor would feel bound to uh, get to double source things and that I mean, kind just, of thing. Just saying an editor, right? Okay, but so so much of this that, that we read every day is not edited. It's opinion. It's people saying, "I heard this," and you don't know where it's coming from. I know where you're going, and I'm going to agree with you 100. percent But but I, I, the editor part of it is a huge part of of what I, I think. You make a good point, and as the media landscape uh, constricts, I mean, you have less and less money for what. Well, what am I doing now? No, I'm, I'm apparently. What is uh, oh, you are I'm getting okay. too close to Mark. Uh, uh, oh, he was. Uh, Michael was just was drifting over this way, was he? Yeah. Magnetic personality. That's right. he, he's, he's drifting his life. I over started into to notice how much. tall he was, yeah. and I couldn't yeah. resist sliding uh, closer. Anyway, my point is just because uh, long ago there were, you know, you had, you know, all these anchor men that all the, uh, and they were mostly men, yeah. who uh, everybody put their faith in. Uh, doesn't mean you weren't. In fact, it might even more speak to the fact that there is a bias going on. Right. I mean, you're getting a very narrow view of the world through the lens. But of, it's not you know. completely a way we never were. I mean, in, in terms of the fact that that what that anchor, whoever you know, that hairsprayed you know perfect person was saying, um, had made it through. Sure. In a perfect world, had gotten to his mouth because lots of people looked at those words and and bounced things off of each other and sourced and fact checked, as opposed to a tweet that says, uh, you know, uh, Lauren Boebert said that everybody in Congress should carry a gun. Right? She didn't say that, uh, and we don't know that. And a lot of people are going to start spreading that. And it's not like rumors weren't spread then either. Well, but I mean, it, that's, you know, exa so that's it, exactly right, and it speaks to what uh, Jr. is talking about with the pedophile thing. I mean, you know, say it enough, and it's all of a sudden something you have to be defending against. Right. Uh, one of the things, by the way, just on the pedophile thing, I think they've redefined the word pedophile. You know how you can accuse uh, the Democrats, which is what she said on 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. as uh, they're they're pedophiles. Democrats are pedophiles because they're sexualizing children and regarding uh, uh, gender uh, dysmorphia or transgender uh, mm -hmm. issues. Uh, completely per perverts, if you pardon the expression, completely twists what pedophilia is. Pedophilia is a sexual attraction to prepubescent uh, uh, children. The idea that somehow you can, and you're telling me Joe Biden is that guy? I mean, it's, a, it's really, I, I don't mean to come to the uh, rescue of all Democrats, but it really is an ad hominem attack of the sort that is it's so crude and rude that, and yet, I, I thought Stahl blew that. That moment on 60 That's, Minutes. I'm but. curious because I saw that I woke up to that, and I saw 60 ban or not ban a boycott CBS. I was like, oh man, what did they do with the tournament? Right? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, what did they drop the ball there? <laughs> what did Jim Nance say? <laughs> But it was all about that. And then so I was like, oh, so this is something that's not happened because of the way she took that interview. And all I saw was that still image of her going, and right. it turned yeah. into that being this was her answer to everything. And maybe to a degree. 
Um, but we still have that, the 60 Minutes of the world and the, I guess the nightly news is of the world still are trying to hold on to that. Well, we may have a Marjorie Taylor Greene on the show, but we can't treat her like what we'd like to treat her as because we have to keep this standard of straight I mean, down the middle. But, 60 but the thing is, don't Ayatollah Khomeini, they've had, yeah. you know, they've, they've had really bad people on that show. And that's what they do because mm-hmm. they want to give voice to them and also brings eyeballs. So it's, it, it mm-hmm. helps in, in both ways. Well, How, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly the point. But well, the one thing that though, in, even in the case of Ayatollah Khomeini, I think, the one thing they're, they're built, their, their rep uh, around is being tough. They're being tough, and, and direct there was not question, tough, this, and that was not tough. And it was a, and not only that, it was like when she asked tough questions, she said, this is the last one I'm gonna ask. It was like, well, why are why? you saying that's the last yeah. question, tough question you're gonna ask? You have an opportunity to ask somebody who is agreeing to come in knowing that there are gonna be questions that are gonna be tough, and knowing that you were somebody who's gonna, you know, Try and, and call her out on the nonsense. The, the fact that she just she kind of went, she kind of rolled her eyes and went, yeah. "Wow." I mean, yeah. that's not being a journalist. That's being a grandma. Okay. I mean, that's the way my mom would react to it. Like, I mean, a journalist is supposed to hold the person's feet to the fire. And as Michael says, she's expecting that. <clears throat> she she knows you know who Marjorie Taylor yeah. Greene is. I mean, I feel right. like they got to six minutes has to find their way. They got to step their game up. I mean, Mike Wallace used to have reputation for talking to some of the people that uh, Michael Shore is speaking uh-huh. about. And you knew it was going to be a tough interview. Was she unprepared, underprepared, do you think? Or was it just she didn't want to be rude? I don't think she was underprepared. I think that she's super conscious. What they've done on the other side is made people super conscious <laughs> about uh, about towing the line and not seeming biased. But if you're going after somebody who lies, who who defames, who uh, has no record, and you bring them on your show, you have to ask them the, the, the tough right questions about it. And it's not about seeming even handed in that case. It's even handed, true or not. That's what even handed right, exactly. is. And facts, and facts are, are, are what you're after. And if they don't answer, and ask she didn't. Yeah, and there was a producer, I'm sure, who saw like that and was like, oh, we got to put that in. We got to cut that in because that's right. a good reaction. You know, because you're, there's the theatrics to it. But the theatrics should be what, what your subject is answering, not what your interviewer is not asking and, and how the interviewer is reacting to the questions, yeah. in my opinion. Fairness, I should say I didn't see the whole interview. I saw a, a chunk of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I saw the whole thing, and to me, it was—it's uh, absurd. And, and to your point, which was, was she underprepared or not prepared? I think they're not used to. I mean, legacy media reporters <clears throat> like that who haven't evolved, and there are plenty mm-hmm. who have. Uh, who are you asking underprepared? Green or Stall? Stall. 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 That's what. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're not used to uh, someone they're speaking to. This sort of new breed of. Blowtorch, which is Marjorie Taylor Greene, when you when you confront them on their blowtorchiness, they just crank it up even higher, and they accept this big lie that they just said right. that was just disproven in front of them, and then they'll say, "Literally, I've seen the face given." Dan Crenshaw went on CNN and talked to Dan Abash first on State of the Union, and he was talking about the horrific gun violence that we still have. Another school in Tennessee shot up last week, and these children killed, and then three adults killed that are working there. One of them jumped off of a Zoom call to go stand in front of some bullets, and 
All this happens, and, and, and so many people are feeling this. Dan Crenshaw decides to go, after hearing all the rest of his colleagues talk about how much they don't give a hot damn about this whole thing, then goes on, on State of the Union and says, well, yeah, you know, we need more guns in schools. Actually, we need armed guards at every school in America, as if that makes any sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then there was, Dan Abash was like, oh, God, this guy's crazy, but never said, how does that work, Dan? Right. How does that work? Congressman, legislator, lawmaker, what bill are you putting forward that's going to make that happen since yeah. that's what you believe in or do you not believe in that? Right. Instead it was, well, you say more guns because that's a soundbite. Are you saying more guns, Representative Crenshaw? Right. And he went, he went, well, no, I'm saying more guards. Okay, I'm saying more guns. And he kind of didn't want to say more guns. And it's a perfect opportunity to say, so more guns is what you're looking for, right? Your opponents say that adding more guns to the problem, look at these numbers, it's very straightforward. I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm not an expert on this, but I've seen it enough and understand what the problem, where it lies, or at least even that argument for that argument lies. And it didn't get taken. And his answer, after she gave him a good point, which was, so there were a couple of those schools that did have armed guards, and it did happen. And he goes, oh, well, they weren't there. And she goes, well, that's the problem, they're human. And he went, and I was like, you got him, you got him. And yeah. she went, Moving on. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you just, he just hit the corner. Yeah. Although, it's like, you got the guy in the corner and then the bell ring or something. In a way, it, 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 she stuck the landing. I mean, oh. you know I mean? I don't know, but you can play that both ways, no. you know, probably. But I, I hear what you're like, saying. One He's never going to tap out if you're looking no, for him to yeah, tap that's out. That's not, not going to happen. The, the, the head sway and the eye roll was like, oh, she's got me. He's like, he's woozy. He's woozy. Yeah. Ask him one more question. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, well, I mean, it's a. There's a skill to it, and uh, it, and there's a different breed of interviewee now. I guess mm -hmm. is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. And also, people have off days. I mean, to you know, sure. you know, the Leslie totally Stoll interviews someone uh, 70 times a, a year, right? Yeah, she's going to have some interviews that don't go well. But when you're watching the Marjorie Taylor Greene interview, you want it that you want that to be an on day. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, 60 Minutes has to be happy that there is buzz about it, even though it's bad buzz because mm, they like buzz. They did That's a miserable number. Uh, they did uh, the ratings actually were oh, second really? lowest. In uh, in the last year, I think it was really? or whatever. So they, you know, oddly, I mean, I thought she'd be clickbait, yeah, but it as it turns too. out, not as many people uh, actually. Well, it also speaks to the kind of people that follow Marjorie Taylor Greene and what you know what their access is, and and are they online? Do they stream? Do they just see clips in in social media on Truth Social in these places? I, I don't know. I'm just saying that these might not be viewers. These might be people who just are in for the game. You know? What do you, what is your uh, uh, viewing like Michael Shore, you've grown up with only having television. Now you have uh, all these other media sources. You have gaming. You yeah. have a teenager in yeah. the household. How does you? Right. How does um, I, everything I do is on games. Uh -huh. Yeah, I see all my news. Uh, no, I am. Uh, I'm a, a thousand years old. I watch. I watch. Yeah. I, I DVR uh, ABC. I mean NBC and CBS Evening News. Uh, I watch CNN, I watch C-SPAN, and then I stream and watch online. I watch, I read the Washington Post and the New York Times. What does your and, son uh, follow? Does he know? My son knows what, everything. From, like, he, from yeah, what yeah, source? Yeah, but he gets it all online. I mean, he watches it mm -hmm. through Instagram, through clips, through YouTube, a lot of YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, and he knows everything. He, he'll, he'll know things before I do. Um, and um, but it's not a depth, right? It's not long form. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, Testify. It's a lot of headlines and below the headlines, so not to diminish that. Like he he reads it, but it's not 
all sourced and it's not mm -hmm. this person said this and on the other side that person said that it's it's and the history behind this and why we're here all that stuff well right? i mean the history behind it is everybody's responsibility to know about it right i mean i, I if you if i do a story on farming i'm not you know, if you're interested in the agriculture bill, you look it up a little bit. I'm telling you why it, it, it was contentious or why it was, mm -hmm. um, you know, why this farmer thinks uh, these, even though it's hurting him, why he thinks Trump's tariffs are, are were good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to know a little bit about, I mean, the, there's some, it's up to you to be curious, too. I mean, it's not just everybody else. Like, if you, if you watch a Marjorie Taylor Greene interview, you don't like what Leslie Stahl did, and you just want to see, like, the lampoon, that's, that's not what this is exactly. about, you know. Because read, why is she bringing up pedophilia? Right, right. What, there's a lot behind Read it. why she, this is a dangerous woman. Read by, why this is an irresponsible person to have in Congress. Read why this person's uh, committee assignments were stripped, right? Mm -hmm. uh, read how she's below the bar. You can, there are people you can disagree with who are really good at that job, right? I mean, you could, somebody who's as odious in their politics as, as Marjorie Taylor Greene's may be to you, there may be somebody who's substantive about it, and she is not. Yeah. And, and so there, but yeah, so but, I still get my, I get my, I'm old fashioned the way I get my news pretty much, but I'm, but I'm, but a little bit of everything, I would say. But just, do you get the paper anymore, JR? I, was literally gonna I ask do. You I get it that. on my doorstep. You yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, you do too. I do, but it's not on my doorstep anymore, and I want to kind of ask you. I mean, I feel as though to go to the local, uh, I, I don't want to be state? in the a-hole dude who goes, hey, uh, would it kill you to try to get the paper a little closer <laughs> to the door? But let me tell you why maybe, before you pass judgment, let me tell you why maybe I am allowed. Maybe Mr. Thompson doesn't leave enough money at Christmas time. I tipped $75 to the newspaper. That's no that's, kidding. That's delicious. Yeah, $75. I challenge well anybody here. Who I, I give well, right, really? You leave the paper delivery person anything more than that? No. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I, I live far less than that. Actually. Of course. And oh, so well, my point is, I so the reason I leave so much is because he, he, I think it's a he, was so good about dropping the paper uh, right on. It used to hit the door. It used to hit like I just open the door and boom, the paper is like the coolest yeah. thing. This guy deserves seventy five dollars. Yeah. So I, so I hit him with seventy five bucks at Christmas, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden. It's hit in the driveway, which is, you know. Have you watched him do it before? So What's his Mr. No. Is, is it out of a hundred dollar neighborhood now? I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> I say, young man, the driveway is all the way down there. I don't want to walk it. No, uh, I, uh, I, you should. I think you have a right. To talk to the paper. You guy. think so? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but, like, is it still? Is it thrown out of pickup trucks? So I picture a pickup it's, truck and somebody's tossing. Well, I think it's thrown out of. I think he's got a. I don't think it's a pickup. It's no, like, it's but, just it, like a, but it's, it's a not sedan. a little kid with with baseball cards. Yeah, yeah, me. Long gone. I used to deliver. Uh, long gone the days of the bicycle, right? I you think know, I so. told the story on the air because I was in Washington D.C. <laughs> and I would deliver to a federal judge's house. Oh. And he was the only guy. And the way they did it then was they made us the kids buy the papers for the right. month so we had to buy them and then so you know buy them by the week or whatever Jesus. but and then you collect from the people you're delivering the paper to so it's really up to you to get, to get the money. money back and make whatever small profit there is and the federal judge Son of a gun, never paid me. Really? Oh. Yeah, to this day, I've never gotten that guy. I think America needs to know his name. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell no, you because no. it would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs>